it's okay. I don't think it's going to give us a countdown, but it says that we are live. So Ooh. Ooh. it's Friday. Stop picking your nose. <laughs> I just okay. got off the Peloton, so I'm all sweaty. I'm getting ready to go get on an airplane, so I'm looking all grungy. So. <laughs> and I just walked back in the house, so <laughs> we're a hot mess today. We are a hot mess today. But we know not to threaten a bank teller. Yeah. Oh, boy, we definitely know I, not to I, threaten a bank teller. Can I admit what I did wrong as a parent <laughs> in the last uh, 15 minutes? Ooh, wow. Um, I had Benjamin read these articles to me out loud while I was folding laundry and finishing packing. Oh. Rob, normally the articles that you pick are PG, but this one was <laughs> this one was like rated R. Oh boy. <laughs> okay, right. okay. Okay. So for those of you who are just joining us, we didn't have an intro today because I made a boo-boo, but we are on episode 101, 101, wow, of the Friday Froster. And <laughs> Hopefully you heard what Joe just said. Today is definitely a PG-13 kind of an episode. Um, so, Joe, Kelly, let me ask you a question. You know, I'm starting off all of them like this now. <laughs> let me ask you a question. Um, what would you do or say if the bank called you and said, I'm closing all of your accounts. And by the way, I'm going to hold your money for 90 days before I give it back to you, just in case there's fraudulent activity. What, what would you do in that situation? I'd ask for a supervisor. Nicely. Nicely. Nicely is the key word there, Kelly, right? <laughs> okay. Ooh, this is a new platform. Look at that. Carol Lyman says, hi, everyone. It looks different than us. Okay. She's on YouTube. Oh, oh uh, we've, yeah. We've gotten fancy since we've oh, been gone. Yeah. We've gotten fancy. So 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 you'd ask for a supervisor nicely. Okay, okay. I think that's what most of us would do. What about you guys listening in the audience? If the bank said we're closing your account because we suspect suspicious activity, we're gonna hold your money for 90 days. And if there's nothing fraudulent, we'll give you your money back. But if there is something fraudulent, then well, you just screwed. What would you all do in that situation? <clears throat> um, you know what some people would do? Some people would go on Twitter and maybe say, at bank, I'm very upset. Please help me. And some people might do a little social media torture, but... This is beyond social media torture. <laughs> that would be, yeah, that, that would be interesting. Now, Sono says she would speak to someone higher up for sure. So let me just tell you what our person from today did, because, man, this is a twisted tale here. So what this person did was he got mad and somehow he found the person's first name and last name and their phone number. And he began sending them threatening text messages not only to the bank employee, but to the bank employee's husband. And these were. I, these were R rated, not even PG 13. Yeah, yeah. They were R rated. And so they were things like, I'm going to get you, you stupid N word. And then they sent them things from uh, the Ku Klux Klan and to the husband. Yeah. And the employee. Right? The sister or something? Or the sister and some other family members. Yeah, yeah. Stalker. And then if that wasn't good enough or bad enough, 
he then sent porn to the person. Like what? Yeah. yeah. Okay, but like this didn't happen in Florida, Joe. Where was he arrested? <laughs> uh, Colorado Springs. That's why. So I have to go in like five minutes. But I was like, I have to do the Colorado article. Like I wanted to do this one. It's crazy. Yeah. But wait, wait, wasn't he arrested in Florida though, or something? Like they found him in Florida. He was probably at Disney, Kelly. <laughs> okay, so uh, North Carolina. Oh, North yeah. Carolina. where the banker was. Okay. But wait, there is a Florida connection, though. Oh, okay. Of course. I knew there was. The, okay, okay, okay. There was a Florida connection. Okay, so let, let's get to this. So now, now, he threatened the bank employee for over eight months. The FBI came in, investigated, got a search warrant to search his home. When they were searching his home, that is when they found out what the real story is about today. <clears throat> That's when they found... Uh, checks and all kinds of other stuff in his home because he was running a business where he was uh, helping people eliminate or reduce their student loan debt. Now, that company was actually based in Port St. Lucie, Florida, but he lived in Colorado and then the bank teller was in North Carolina. So there's always a Florida connection. There is always a Florida connection. I knew there was something about Florida. Always a Florida connection. Now, so so what would you say if somebody called you up and said, hey, look, I know you have all this student loan debt. If you pay me a little bit of money monthly, I can help reduce and or eliminate your student loan debt. Now, what would you say to, to that? What it sounds too good to be true. Yeah. It is. Ah, What's the sounds too good to be true. Yeah. Sounds too good to be true. I think he didn't aim high enough. I mean, that what's her name, Charlie, whatever, who sold her company, Frank, to JP Morgan yeah. for $175 million. This guy was just chump change. Yeah, just a few million, right? Or whatever it was. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He needed to aim higher. And the FBI probably wouldn't too. have caught him. Yeah, he should have aimed higher. But the name of his company was Student Resolution Center, S-R-C-L-L-C. And what he said to people was, you pay me a little bit of money, I will reduce your student loan debt or eliminate it. And he got them to sign a contractual agreement. And after they signed that agreement, they put in their bank account number and things like that. And that's when the stuff hit the fan. Now, when the FBI raided the home, remember, they were going into the home because of the uh, uh, cyber bullying and stuff that was happening so when they got there they found all these checks and that's when the student loan scandal fell apart but but at the home also was his girlfriend and so they talked to the girlfriend and the girlfriend didn't seem to be aware of the student loan business although she did say that she would take checks to the bank for him and they ranged anywhere from 10 to like fifty thousand mm. dollars what do you think you think the girlfriend knew she had to have known something she might not have known the specific fraud he was committing <laughs> did he have well, a record did he have a record? record oh i don't think it said that was he on I tiktok know. i don't see him on facebook he's probably on tiktok 
He's probably on TikTok. Well, the girlfriend said, though, that she hadn't worked in years and he was the sole source of income for the home. Yikes. Sometimes we need to teach people to ask better questions, right? (laughs) Or ask a book about that. I think you did. I think any questions. Yeah, any questions. So here's the thing, though. So if the girlfriend actually did the bank deposits for him, I think she should have been a little suspicious that he had several bank accounts that were closed, including TD Bank, uh, Integrity Bank and Trust, uh, and several other banks had been closing his accounts periodically because of suspicious activity. Uh, And so in November 14th of 2019, uh, for example, TD Bank received 1,696 electronic check deposits, totaling $388,000. And now of those 1,696 deposits, 583 were refunded and returned after complaints of fraud were filed. And then that's when TD closed the bank. So so let's let's, let's get this straight. Almost half, what's that, about 30%? 30% of the checks he deposited at one bank were fraudulent. Um, mm. So he wasn't even depositing, like, was he depositing the real student loan checks in there or the, the payments from the students? Is that what we think? The right. payments from the students to, to pay off their loans, which he wasn't paying off, right? Or their debt. Right. Yeah. So yeah. they probably caught on and started like stop paying on checks and stuff. And then that's why the bank started shutting down his account, right? Yeah, exactly. Sorry. <laughs> Had a little construction project going on. <laughs> you know, life, now, <laughs> life gets in young, the way. One young lady said that he collected payments for from her for almost a year. Um, and, and she saw no reduction or write-off of her student loan. As a matter of fact, her student loan is probably behind now. That's so sad. I mean, all the a lot of them that we do are sad, like whether it's elderly or but like students. I mean, come on. I mean, at least the Frank, this is gonna sound bad, the Charlie Javis or whatever her name was. I mean, at least she, I mean she just made up students. She wasn't like hurting students in any way, right? Like she just hurt JP Morgan, which I mean, hello, they should have like looked at the data that they were buying since they were just buying it for the data, which is a whole nother you know, let's do a little side note on that one real quick. Okay. So JP Morgan Chase found out that these were fraudulent students when they tried to send an email, because I'm assuming they purchased it because there were 4 million, 4 million students registered. So when they tried to send out an email, something like 75% of the emails bounced back as not being legitimate emails. Now, I don't care what you say about Elon Musk. People think that he's crazy, but he at least did some due diligence on Twitter and found that they had a ton of fraudulent accounts before he went through with the purchase. That's not hard to do. So if Elon could do it. (laughs) Well, I had at data on my podcast and they're like, it would have taken us 15 minutes. Right. 15 minutes. So the people at JP Morgan should be listening to my podcast. (laughs) They should be. They should be. All right. I have to go, you guys, but 
Enjoy. Safe travels. Bye. I'll see you all Bye. next. See ya. Whew. Okay. So, okay. So now, where are we going? We went through that one real quick because I knew Joe had to leave. So they talked to some of the victims. And I'm just going to read you some of the statements of what some of the victims said. Um, one lady said, the company has taken money out of my account and cannot be reached. I signed an agreement. How dumb of me. They are still taking money out of my account, which should have been done in March. Here it is, August. They cannot be reached. I just want my money back. Yeah. I think that's bad. Well, these people are, this is going to be like a breakup, a bad breakup, something that you remember for your whole entire life and you're going to second guess yourself. It's yes. kind of like pig butchering. It's like romance scams. It's like, you know, elder financial abuse. This is a unfortunately very bad learning experience for them that will, they're never going to remember the dollar amount. They're going to remember um, uh, how they felt. Yep, for sure. And, and, and you'd only, you'd hope that somebody is able to uh, help them. So let, let's just be frank about this. We know that the federal government owns a vast majority of the student loans, and we see the federal government doing a lot of things that are wasteful, like the PPP loans and stuff like that during the pandemic, where they're, I mean, they're, they're saying that these PPP loans, the losses might end up being, you know, hundreds of billions of dollars in fraud. So at some point, can we start helping real people with real problems? Like when when will we get to that point? Because these people, granted, what they did was wrong and they should have known better. But if we're really talking about helping people, how about we help some of these people? One lady said, she said, this is a student loan payoff scam. You are contacted via phone and told that they will help consolidate or pay off your student loans under the new Obama law, which is not in effect yet. So this was a while back with this one, right? You are sent a contract via email. If you stop payments because you realize it is a scam, the representative named Patrick Kelly harasses you via phone, email, and text. He calls your work, your relatives, and threatens legal action. There is never an address or permanent phone number to respond to. Most of the phone numbers come out of Ogden, Utah, and the company company's name they are using uh, is the student resolution center llc i am able to attach paperwork that does not have personal information such as a social security number i do have a lot of text messages but i do not know how to attach them so this was someone talking to the better business bureau saying i can send you information showing that they've wronged me and that they won't stop um so this is totally different but i scheduled a lift for tomorrow morning at 3 30 mm. and then i found someone else who would in my neighborhood who does this regularly so i went to cancel the scheduled lift i spent an hour on twitter last night dming them and they're like we can't cancel it and then they're like you're just gonna have to get up a few hours before and try and cancel it then i was like i don't want someone showing up at my house at 3 30 in the morning and being angry at me like right. it's 
like, especially if they see the other driver there. And it's like, but my, the whole point tied to this is like, I shouldn't have to spend literally an hour last night Googling how to cancel scheduled lifts. I had to send screenshots to them and it's annoying. Like it was an hour and granted I was watching TV and multitasking, but can you imagine something like this that goes on for months and months and months and you're not getting any response? It's enough to drive you crazy because it was crazy last night DMing them and they just kept going in circles. It is. It makes you lose, uh, lose uh, a little bit, of, just a little bit of faith in humanity sometimes. Right. It's, it's, uh, well, yeah. And you know what? I told them, I said, I'm just gonna like no longer use Lyft and I'll go back to Uber and I don't really like Uber, but the only time I won't do it at my home. Now I have a person that's local that can do it. I'd rather give them the money than give them money to a big corporation that literally they said, we on our end cannot physically un or cancel your scheduled thing. And I'm like, how is it that big tech cannot cancel a scheduled ride? And they literally want me to wake up an hour before the lift is supposed to come and cancel it. And I know they're going to charge me the $5 cancellation fee, which I'll dispute, but like my bigger concern is someone's going to get up at three in the morning to give me a ride and they're going to like be upset. And I don't and want it, someone in my yard screaming at me at three 30 in the morning. And it seems like hearing that the company would actually say, you know what, maybe there is something that we can do. And, and you know what too, this is, so this is kind of a lesson for us all. When you see a company that has bad customer service, you probably shouldn't deal with them. Now, check this out. There were some other people in this case. One victim told the FBI that she wrote a check for $174.99 in March of 2020 to the company to reduce her student loans. Then she said she made a monthly payment of $174.99 for approximately one year but her loan balance was never reduced. Listen, if anybody calls you and says that they want you to make a payment to them that you owe to somebody else, it's probably not a good idea. It's probably So she was making payments to this scam company supposedly to pay off her student loan, and she did that for over a year. So that's a year's worth of payments that she's missing that she probably don't, you know, doesn't have the money to cover. Well, yeah. I mean, it's so I had my health insurance company call me like, I don't know, three weeks ago. And they're like, you, you've been selected to do a telehealth call with a nurse practitioner. And I was like, and it showed the phone number. And I listened to it for a little bit. And they're like, can you verify your date of birth? And I'm like, no. Nope. And they're like, can you? And I'm like, no, you no." And they're like, so you don't want to take part in this? And I'm like, um, nope. no, because you guys have all the information if you're legit. And I was like, and they're like, okay, well, then you're not getting this benefit. And I'm like, mm, who cares? I don't yeah, need to ask okay. for it. Yeah. It was just like, no, I'm not verifying stuff from some person because you can spoof numbers. It's easy to spoof. Not that yes. I have from it. That is the new thing that they're doing now, too, is spoofing numbers. So, yeah, it, which, which brings up another really good point. If some if you're calling customer service, if customer service calls you, 
Don't give them any information, especially when they're acting as if they don't have it. You just know when they're acting suspicious. Can you give us your social security number? No. Can you give us your date of birth? No. Would you like a blood sample? Is that what you're asking for next? I mean, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And you know what? Sometimes they catch you like at a time. I have a home warranty issue. The guy called me at 7 p.m. the other night. I was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I think they purposely call during times that they know you're distracted. Dinner time, early in the morning. Like, they know you're distracted. I don't know. Is that is that happened to people in the chat? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I know it's happened to me. I'm sure it's happened to some other folks, too. Let us know if that's happened to you. But you know what? Here's what's crazy about this one now. So this thing started off with a bank teller being cyber stalked and cyber harassed. The FBI gathering evidence, text messages, emails, all kinds of stuff showing with vile messages, including pornography. So we know that this person was being harassed. This person's family members were being harassed. and so. When they went into this man's home, that's when the fraud scheme with the student loans unraveled. That is insane. And then, too, how crazy would you have to be to know that you're pulling off this scam in one company and then to commit another federal crime that's related? Like what? And then under the nose of your girlfriend who claims that she didn't know what your business was, but she deposited checks for you and she hasn't worked in several years. And, and he had purchased some new homes too. So he had purchased some real estate. (sighs) What do you say? Yeah, I know. But, but here, here were some questions I had though. So first kudos to the banks closing the accounts but but i used to be a teller back in the day i don't know how many other people were tellers and if we saw someone trying to pass fraudulent checks in the city we would call up the other branches including our competitors just out of courtesy yeah so i'm wondering do do banks even do that anymore because He ran through quite a few banks. I I can't remember the number now. And I I tried to highlight it in my notes. And I think I lost that part. But I named off at least three. But there were quite a few from what I saw that had closed his accounts because of fraudulent activity. So I'm wondering, do banks even call one another anymore? Do they at least try to warn other banks out of just a common courtesy, just to be human, you know? So when I was at the sheriff's office and now this is going to be very politically incorrect. This was a long time ago. Um, They had the Metro area fraud investigators association mafia. And it would meet once a month and people would throw out names like this person's at my, like networking again is so incredibly important because, you know, the Costco person would be there, the local, you know, whatever, everyone was sharing information. And of course we were cops, you know, and we had donuts to get them there, but it was 
like kind of a round robin of like, I'm seeing this at Costco or I'm seeing this at Rite Aid or I'm seeing this at, you know, whatever, Columbia Sportswear or Nike or whatever it was. And it was just the sharing of information. And someone's like, oh, that's happening to our, you know, retail store too. So it was called Mafia. I kind of thought it was clever, but I'm sure they can't call it that anymore because we're all so woke. I hope they could and still do. I thought it was cool. I don't know if you saw me chuckle when you said it. I was like, oh, that's <laughs> now. Now, Haley says that the South Carolina credit unions are calling each other good. Awesome. You know? And I bet that's because of Haley. Probably so. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you get, you've got you have, it, it, it takes a start, like one or two people to say, wait a minute, this just makes sense. But yeah, we would do it. And and this was when I was a teller, this was what in the nineties and we would pick up the phone and we would call one another and say, Hey, look, this guy is walking around. Here's what he looks like. Here is uh, the check that is drawn on. Here's the amount. Just be on the lookout. He's already come to our bank. He might come to yours next. Um, I think sometimes just being human trumps any profit that you could stand to gain. You know, just being decent and being a human. Yeah. I I have um I'm gonna miss next Friday again. No. Okay, I okay, know. okay. So wait, wait though. This is a good thing that you said it on air though, because who wants to be a guest host? Yeah. Message me. Cause I have so here's the deal. I have a rotation of people who are good people. But, you know, we could always look for more. Yeah. Because you know? this is, I, I think this is a fun show. Uh, you, do you guys have fun here? I think it's a fun show. So we've got Thomas. We've got Galena. We've got Mark. Uh, who else have we had as a ghost? Guest. Ghost. Guest. Yeah. <laughs> Bonita <laughs> came on one time when I was here by myself. And Bonita was like, hey, I'll come on. So um, if you want yeah. a guest next Friday message me and let me know i'll send you the story i'll send you the link we already know what next friday story is going to be because i've gotten a little better at planning and organizing <laughs> so i had a cool thing happen to me when i was in pierre south dakota last week i think i got a gig during the gig they liked it so much they were having so much they called someone to say come over and watch her really quick because we have something in september so i think i have a gig based like i get follow-up gigs later but not ever during so that was kind of cool that was kind of now cool. christine murray is saying you know what it is the story from next week and she said can you give us a hint well christine no no <laughs> you know what um I wish I could, in all honesty. Well, you know, I, I try to write these snarky titles and and uh, copy for them. I forgot what it is. Like I, I I know what it is. I have them outlined out for about the next six weeks, but I have forgotten. Yeah, do. I don't have it committed to memory. Yeah. Um. Wait. What's next week? Is it's a? Ooh. It is a. Oh, can I say? No, no, no. Wait. Ooh. Wait. It's a good one. I'm just going to say it's a good one. Ooh, that's 428, uh, yep. April the 28th. Yeah. Oh, oh, that is a good one. Ooh. It is a very good one. And you oh, know wow. what? Oh, wow. 
I'm just going to say this has some behavioral science in it. It does. And yes. we can also say that the dollar amount is extremely high. Good night. And the number of victims is extremely yep. high. What mm -hmm. in the world? Where did I find this one? I don't know. Maybe in oh, the wow. Eastern Bloc. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. You know what else, too, though? Yeah, there's no Florida man with this one. No, I bet I bet there's Florida victims. Oh, there's bound really to be quickly. Florida victims. I'm pretty sure there's Florida victims. Let me see. So, sorry, Christine. I, I didn't mean the to now okay. bait it up Ooh. even though you asked and now mm. I just baited it up even more. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's going to be a good one. I'm bummed it to is. miss it, but sorry, I'm going to be on a beach. So. Where in the world right, is it? Ooh, yeah. Not you could do the show from the beach. <laughs> no. no. Sorry. You guys won't so, recognize me in two weeks. Ooh, what I will have happening? vitamin D. I will have sun. Uh oh, very true, very true. <laughs> Christine says we are, we're all good. Uh, no. Oh, that must be a delay. She didn't hear the last part where I, we found the story. <laughs> she didn't hear that part. All right. Okay. So, friends, thanks for joining us on episode one hundred and one of the Friday Froster. And remember, never ever threaten a bank teller look guys i don't have any outro music because i kind of screwed some stuff up this week so we're just gonna say goodbye and see you next Adios. Time. hasta la vista <laughs> <laughs>